0: That's why we end up with 18 bikes. Yeah,
1: you're right. <laughs> In plus In one. Plus one. Yeah. Plus one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of... <laughs> Coaches on Couches. Bing! slouches we've got uh, chad terry on the couch today How how to howdy, howdy. we're going to uh we're going to talk about his uh, journey in the bike industry a little bit about the pandemic and then we're going to kind of go into how to pick the right bike for yourself
0: and then yeah the questions you get asked the most too like maybe some some pro tips from a bike shop owner some pro tips we'll do it yeah we gotta introduce the
1: other oh well uh, this is Ivy. This is the new new dog on the couch. She's clearly uh, really concerned about the show right now. But uh, I am Coach Dale Sanford.
0: I am Coach Bryant Funston. We are the co-founders of BPC Performance Coaching, where we specialize in helping time-crunched athletes optimize their busy schedules so they can maximize their athletic performance. Every BPC coach is trained in our five pillars coaching system that has been developed over the last 11 years through our work with athletes of all ages and ability levels, from fresh off couches like these to world championship competitors. You can find out more about BPC by going to buildpeakcompete.com, checking Facebook and YouTube at buildpeakcompete, and all up on Instagram at BPCPerformance. Sweet.
1: We need to get a uh, a little tag for Ivy, from the bottom a little lower here. Oh there. Yeah, yeah,
0: we do. <clears throat> what y'all's? Do uh, you guys have? What's your social media handles? Those it want is to check it out.
2: Uh, Bikes Plus Memphis on Instagram. Bam. The check Insta. it out.
1: All right, so we got Chad Terry on the couch today. So Chad, um, a lot has kind of gone on in the last twelve months. Um, sure has and uh you know the bike industry has changed uh significantly for better or for worse um so like t- give everybody an idea i mean you've been in the bike industry a long time so let's let's hear a little bit about your your history in in bikes
2: gotcha well uh you know obviously started out as a kid and riding around uh on my bike and Loved it. It provided freedom. And so, uh, you know, Bam. since I was a young kid, that's what we did. And, um, helmets
0: oof. or no helmets? <sighs>
2: uh, oh, no helmets, <laughs> yeah. no helmets. That oh, was the uh, eighties. No <laughs> sweet jumps. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, that was the eighties. That was, uh, no helmets and really sharp pedals. Oh yeah. Very yeah. sharp pedals. Still got
0: the scars in the shins. Uh, huh? yes,
2: yes, <laughs> yes. Um, but, uh, um, Kind of, you know, got into riding a good bit, uh, grew up here in Carville and uh, uh, raced BMX bikes as a kid. My, I have a brother that's two years older and uh, him and I were both into it and uh, grew up racing BMX bikes. We used to race at the fairgrounds, we used to have an indoor racetrack. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it was super oh, wow. cool. Um Absolutely freezing cold in there. Okay, it was the wintertime place to uh, race gotcha. BMX bikes, gotcha. but it was inside the fairgrounds. So
0: dry at <clears throat> least, right?
2: It was dry, uh, and then uh, and Shelby Farms, uh, that everybody knows, the yeah. racetrack out there. They yeah. built that. Um, I forget what year, but there used to. At Kennedy Park is where they used to race outside. They closed that down and then built the one at Shelby Farms. Interesting. Gotcha. So, uh, good history in
1: there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's really cool. So, the, you know, obviously, the Shelby Farms track has kind of had its ups and downs and, uh-huh. and um, it's uh, made a big comeback over the last wow. couple of years. Yep. Um, so, it's awesome to see that again.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But, uh, so uh, there was a there was a bike shop in Carville at the time, Bike World, and uh, family owned that, and they were moving to Arizona. Okay. And so they needed to sell the business, gotcha. and um, my dad uh, purchased it as a side business, and my brother and I grew up working in the store. Um, after school and summers and things like that, so um, I kind of started doing that when I was fourteen years I was old. Was
0: that, that legal? I was gonna say legal labor. Child, child labor laws don't matter if it's your kids. I That's, don't
2: know if my dad paid me. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> have to. That's true. That's, That's counted
0: because to you know. put food on your table. Exactly. Yes. I'm not quite sure if <laughs> you paid not. are
2: a registered not. employee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so 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 did that, and uh, uh, so just kind of you know that was. 30 plus years ago, you know? Um, So just kind of always into it, enjoyed it, enjoyed retail, enjoyed bikes. Um, I went to the University of Tennessee. I worked at a bike shop there part-time during school, so kind of continued with that. Yeah, it's not
0: like you were so over it that you got away from it. No. you still enjoyed it. Still
2: still enjoyed it. Um, I graduated with a forestry degree from the University of Tennessee. Man, Uh, be a Mountie? (laughs)
1: Canadian Mountie?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I did work for the National Park Service for six months. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Decided for whatever reason that uh, it wasn't for me. Uh Um, Went back, moved back to Memphis. Uh, Went to uh, grad school at Memphis. Um, Got my MBA there at the University of Memphis. And during that time, uh, my, my parents still owned the bicycle store. And uh, I wanted to work while I was going to school. Yeah. And
0: uh, you requested pay this time. I did request pay. Okay.
2: did. I did. I went to school at night. um, And uh, when that degree was finished, I had uh, grown the business, the bike shop, um, and decided I wanted to make a living at that. Mm -hmm. And I had gotten married. My wife was pregnant during the whole span of Going to school at night. It yeah. took me like two years um, okay. since I was just going at night and working okay. full time, mm. and uh, decided to buy the business from my uh, parents. And uh, the rest, as they say, it, well, maybe not so much, not yet, like that? <laughs> because I had a merger about four or five That's years right. ago. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, Karen Has it been that long? it's been that long. Really? Oh, it's been about I would at least four years, maybe five. Yeah. It wow. flies
1: by. I yeah. know.
2: Is it not crazy? I so. blanked
1: out all last year. So. <laughs> it's <laughs>
2: exactly. It's a good point. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so, so Karen has a thirty-year history with Bikes Plus, mm-hmm. and uh, her father, who started that, was ready to retire. So Karen and I got together and decided to merge the businesses. Okay. And uh, so that took you
0: from you what one one store to, <laughs> to four, right? Or three? three? Three. Three. Okay. Yep.
2: So Bartlett,
0: Germantown, Germantown, Collyerville. Yep.
2: Yep. So. Um,
0: yeah. Awesome. Now we can say the rest is history. That's exactly.
2: Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, <clears throat> things have obviously uh, been crazy over the last year crazy. in the bike industry. Yes. Uh, on all fronts. So, like, what, like, what has been like, what are the, what have been the highs and the lows of the last year in the bike industry with the pandemic and people? Yeah. Were you like hitting February, March, going, oh crap, what are we gonna do? And then so, suddenly, definitely.
2: Fortunate enough to say more highs and lows. Oh, for sure, right. Uh, Some stress added in there. Um, But uh, about, I guess it's almost about a year ago, um, maybe another week or so, um, started hearing about the shutdowns, you know, and um, really, really didn't know what was going to happen. Obviously, Karen and I jumped on it right away and started uh, making contingency plans. Um, she, She did... An amazing job putting together a contingency plan that we worked off and had different scenarios. Um, but the biggest thing was, are we going to be shut down?
0: Exactly. Yeah. Are you going to be just deemed <laughs> essential or not? Yeah, right. right yep. Exactly.
2: Um, we were fortunate enough to be deemed essential. Yeah. So, um, and uh, travel,
1: right? The travel based. It was like tra- transit. It was,
2: uh, a little bit of that. Um, the the service side of things. Okay. Yeah. Um,
0: well, there's probably people that need to use a bike to commute, and yeah. so then you would need to be able to provide them with services right. to keep them going.
2: Right, huh? right, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> and then what we did find was that we were more essential based on a, which we loved the fact of being able to provide this is just help people have an outlet. You know, oh, for I mean, sure. As you guys know with Avenger Rigs, I mean, people wanted to get outside. People yeah. wanted to do something. They didn't want to just be stuck in the house. Yeah. Um, and so all outdoor activities just blew up. Well,
1: to be perfectly honest, we were freaking out when everything was being shut down because we were like, okay, there's not gonna be any races. There's I mean, everything's everybody's gonna be stuck at home. Uh, you know, and this and but what we found is that everyone just had more A lot of people had more time to train, and and then the people who had less time, like or people had no time previously, quote unquote no time, then had time to get outside. And I saw more people in March and April last year,
0: like going past our house, walking. That's what everybody said. Yeah,
2: yeah, they're they're like, I didn't even know I had those neighbors. where did those
1: people come from? You know, C.D. Smith is right behind, which Mm -hmm. is a very highly trafficked road on for runners, cyclists, all this, but it's like double time yeah. you know all last year yeah. so yeah it was clear early on that people were making putting it more of a priority to get outside and and do some outdoor activities yeah
2: yeah yeah and that's what that's what we saw immediately um, ne- at the end of march okay and april yeah was, i was curious was, was, what the were,
0: time frame was on that
2: yeah was uh was families wanting bicycles okay um you know we had families of you know, four and five and six coming in and getting mm. a bike for mom and dad and all the kids. Oh, Because wow. uh, they just didn't even have anything yeah. because there's, everybody had been either busy with um, competitive baseball or soccer mm. or cheerleading or whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, and, and that's what they did. Well, when all of that stopped, yeah. they had all this time, and they had all this time to spend together and they didn't have any bicycles. Yeah. So, um,
1: yeah, I remember when we, when I came in to get <clears> the two bikes for the girls, yeah. it was like, you were like, these are like the last two in the country. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Like, I know. Give them to me. Yeah. Take them. Yeah. I'll take yeah. them. Yeah. If not, yeah. I'm going to resell them on the black market. <laughs> <laughs> people buying up the PlayStation. <laughs> right. right. right, right. <laughs>
2: we had to make sure your cute girls were taking uh, care they, of, man.
1: They love them. <laughs> so, uh,
2: but yeah, so then, so then, uh, uh, demand went way up. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. supply obviously went way down. Yep. So. Yeah. so did
0: you have people did it get to the point where people were coming in wanting maybe a lower end, but was like the lower end stuff the or lower price point, I would say lower end, lower price point, mm-hmm. was that what was what was going first? Or did yeah. you oh, see yes. it across the board?
2: Uh it was across the board, but probably the, the, the entry-level price okay. points you know, were, were going
0: first. So then did you get those people that are
2: like, yeah. hey, this isn't in my budget, but it's available. And so now they're going for... We um, did. We did. And and we had people, which I think is fantastic, because now you're getting people who would have not bought a bike shop quality bike mm-hmm. buying something of mm-hmm. quality. Yeah.
1: And, Versus a Wally World bike. Correct. Or, yeah. And what
2: we have found for 30 years is that it's all about your experience. Exactly. And so yeah. people would maybe buy a lower quality bike, not enjoy how it rode, not enjoy the experience, and they'd put it in the garage and never touch it again. Yeah. So now at least they're getting a quality bike that they can really enjoy the experience. It shifts right. It breaks right. It feels comfortable. Um, and so maybe cycling is something that they're going to continue with for yeah. years to come because they, in, it, it's a great experience. Yeah. So they're sitting so. there
0: thinking, wow, this is more fun and enjoyable than I remember. Yeah. And a lot
2: of it could be the, yeah. the better
1: quality bike. I have, bike. in <laughs> fact, ridden a, uh, like a department store bike on the trails and it was terrible. Oh yeah. And then you do, you get on even a lower price point, you know, a name brand bike shop bike and it is night and day. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. So. Which is
0: going to be a decent thing, as we move forward in the conversation today, I mean, it all kind of ties together, right? Yeah. Like, how do you get a person on the the best bike right. for them? Right. Yeah. 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 So have so like, you see it stay? Has it stayed full throttle? I know well, the bikes so, are getting bought up like crazy.
2: You yes. Know that, and yes. Then, we got, you know, we got to a point where, you know, in, in our stores, there was 20 bikes on the floor, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. We just ran out of what's, bikes. What's typical? 100 150 okay. you know depending on which location you're at yeah um so so yeah it just we just basically just ran ran out of bikes you know um and again we were fortunate enough but there were people who would come in and look at bikes and we were busy on a saturday and they're just like hey you may want to hold your hand on that bike because <laughs> i'm telling you we had people standing besides like if they don't buy that one yeah. i'm gonna buy it you know yeah um because the the supply just wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um,
1: so was it did it end up being like, you know, for what I hear it was a lot of it a lot of, had to do with like parts not being available to build complete bikes. Or was it just all across the board f- frames weren't available, parts weren't available. So um I know Shimano is like Shimano's just imposs- all messed
2: up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got but they've got they've got so much demand on them. Being pulled in so many different directions, yeah. um, because they provide from the entry level six hundred dollar bike yeah. up to the ten thousand dollar bike yeah. parts. Yeah, so it's like
0: a campy who's doing the
2: the upper end. Yeah, stuff, Yeah, right? so I just can't imagine what that has to look like.
1: Yeah, um, and nobody could have forecasted a global pandemic and the demand uh, that it would have brought on. Yeah, Skyrocketing. Yeah, yeah. You know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So you know, for us. Um, You know, our manufacturers that like we sell uh, specialized and giant, they can produce their frames, they can produce what they produce, but having to rely on, you know, those other parts like Shimano or SRAM or whatever, that's where it gets really, really challenging. Gotcha. Um, And it's got even more challenging parts. um, When this first started, you know, spring into summer, the parts that were really hard to get were uh, repair parts uh low-end derailleurs uh, okay brakes uh we ran out of tubes there was a point where there were inner tube sizes that you could not get really yes yeah. that somebody would say it's hey I for to-
0: me flatting every time i was out yes. riding my bike because yeah. that's uh, been the case for me
2: 24 <laughs> inch kids bike tubes and we couldn't get it. they were out huh everything single- and, and that's across like you know, call it six, seven, eight suppliers that we could get them from. Wow. Yeah. That's great. So, uh, then it went into the high end gotcha. part. Gotcha. Yeah. And we're still dealing with that now. Yeah, I was going to say, where's
0: it sitting now?
2: It's still difficult. I mean. So if
0: someone's <clears> buying a bike <throat> right now, inventory at the stores. So say, you know, road cyclist. Okay. So want a so upper and maybe not top of the line road bike. What are we looking at?
2: (laughs) Very difficult. Very (laughs) difficult. Yes. Uh, Waiting list kind of thing. Gotcha. Um, We are very fortunate that at this moment, we have a lot of spring, that kind of entry-level price point, uh, comfort fitness bikes right now uh, that we planned, Karen and I planned really accordingly for that. These are bikes that we actually ordered in summer of last year that we're just now getting
0: okay so yeah because i dropped into bikes plus just last week and a bunch of more of the like hybrid cruiser Mm -hmm. style yep, Yep. tons of those yeah which is perfect
2: for this time of year your your green Um, line riders your
0: cruise around the neighborhood with the family yeah
2: but some of the higher end stuff it, it is definitely hit hit and miss and we're we're planning for we already have orders in the system for this time next year Wow. So um, getting 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 special order items. So if somebody wanted to come in and order um, that, that high-end bike that mm-hmm. is maybe not a color or size that we already have on back order, um, it's just, just I can't do it.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. So are you seeing an increase? In, and I know we're kind of going down a rabbit hole here. But yeah, I know. <laughs> like
2: people... Uh, our, our two-hour talk. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: so are you seeing people that come in that maybe are interested in a new bike, but... You just can't can't get
2: one, and so are they
0: going with like? Well, maybe I'll get a new wheel set, or what else can I do performance wise? Are you seeing uh, Some that at are, all or? some
2: some are, um, and then some of them we're just trying to help them out. Um, we're 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 trying to to provide. We we know that at this point, if it's something specific that they want, uh-huh. we just really can't get it. So we're gotcha. working with them to help them find it somewhere. Gotcha. Um, okay. And and what's happening though is that we have entered into not just selling in the Memphis market. We have people driving over from Atlanta. We have people driving over from Little Rock and from Dallas, getting bikes that we have in our inventory because Dallas may not have them or Little Mm. Rock might not have them. But then we also, we have people who work from Memphis going over there. Having to do the same, Because they have something that we can't get. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Well,
0: let's let's segue into the. Yeah.
2: That
0: was the, the intro. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well <laughs> how long did that last <laughs> it was only 20 oh, minutes 30 minutes <laughs> yeah so uh, Sorry, <laughs> so you know realistically like um, like with people looking at you know, there's just been ton- like I've seen a huge uptick in people uh, you know we've had entire cycling teams form this year yeah. oh yeah that for have, sure. have 40 plus 50 50 people in them and some of them have gone through four different bikes already, already. yeah yeah, yeah. You know, and so um, you know, with the onset of the you know the Ironman in town, like oh, a ton of people have jumped into triathlon that yeah. were not previously maybe even active. Mm-hmm. You know, and so um, there's a lot uh, there's a lot of questions. I'm sure you get a lot of questions on on what bike is best for the scenario, the person. Mm-hmm. So let's just kind of break down some of the questions first that that you you ask people yeah, yeah, yeah. and then we'll, we'll go into kind of like some specific scenarios on yeah. like, yeah, the biggest thing is customers
2: don't necessarily need to hear me talk or hear our sales staff yeah. talk. They, they don't, we, we need to find out what that customer wants to do and then guide them in the right direction. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't need to have them walk in and, and we just immediately tell them like, this is what you need. Yeah here's what I have in stock, this right, is the bike. You right, need. exactly. So, mm-hmm. well, you know, first thing is just, you know, how, how do you want your experience? Like, what are you looking to do? Where are mm-hmm. you wanting to ride? Um, so, you know, we're gonna find out if <clears throat> they're wanting to just ride on the green line, yep. if they're gonna stay on the pavement, you know, and they're mm-hmm. just going to ride on the green line and around the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, like what surface? The so surface, yeah. Surface, yeah, okay. what, yeah, what kind of surface? Okay. Um, and and then if they say, well, I kind of want to do a little bit of uh, off-road and on-road. Well, let's really talk about what that off-road scenario looks mm-hmm. like, you know, mm-hmm. because it's different for different people. They, they may think, um, you know, just going off onto like a hard-packed dirt gravel road versus riding... Um, you know, the actual trails at, at with whatever. roots and rocks. And Correct. And, yeah. 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 So totally different, yeah. different scenario. So we kind of need to get a really good idea so that, you know, we're not putting somebody on a trail bike, a mountain bike, um, that when really they just want to ride on the green line and they yeah. want to be comfortable. So, you know, we'd ask them like, how important is comfort versus, um, performance, yeah. you know, for them.
1: So, like, yeah. Performance is number one, right? Yeah. Always, always. I, I mean, I would, always. I would just get a Stumpy and ride it on the green line. It's, it's so comfortable. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, and we do have some people who choose oh, to do yeah. that. Yeah. You know? So, you know, surface one, and then I would think, you know, sport. If they're, like, into a specific sport, obviously. A- absolutely. It kind of goes along with service. Yeah, but.
2: absolutely. So, let's say they, they um, you know, we've got the fitness people. That, that's, that can be kind of easy, you know. Uh, now, there are quite a bit different types of um, hybrid bikes, you know, yeah. fitness, comfort bikes. So if someone wants to still uh, go out and, 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 and do 20 miles, uh, but be comfortable, there's a different type of hybrid fitness bike for that. Gotcha. Um, same thing with mountain bikes. Um, you know, if somebody is just going to go ride um, the, the Wolf River local trails, um, they may just want a hardtail mountain bike. Um, but if they want to go and spend some time, you know, we've got a great trail system here um, with Stanky Creek, Wolf River Trails, Shelby Farms, Herb Parsons. But we've got a, we've got such an enormous opportunity for the trails over in Arkansas, yeah. um,
1: yep.
2: you know, over in Little Rock, very Hot Springs, Bentonville.
1: Very different trail systems. Co- correct.
2: Yeah. Correct. So we, we find a lot of people who want to buy a bike that's suited there. that They can also ride here in Memphis mm-hmm. as well, too.
1: Yeah. So. So surface sport, distance, Mm -hmm. like how, how, how much time are you going to spend on this thing at at once? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So talking to them if they want to do, um, if they've signed up for the Ironman, you know, half Ironman and and then what that looks like to them. Is that something that, do they consider themselves a triathlete or do they want to do this triathlon, but also have a bike that they can go do group rides with and things of that nature. Yeah, know? I
0: think that's a very important thing. You know, you get a lot of the, the people that are more beginners to the sport. And in general, we would recommend road bike first. Yeah, like, absolutely. If you're going to be riding mostly on the road, you want to be competing on it. Road bike can get you into road events, group rides triathlons time trials it's not gonna be the fastest necessarily in the triathlon or the time trial right. but most versatile right yeah, yeah absolutely and then adding on so once you know kind of the way I, I guess most people end up doing it that and the way i did it personally was like once i got to where I knew going to a more triathlon time trial specific bike was going to give me that performance edge. And that's when I yeah jumped yeah. to that other yeah. bike
1: Yeah. in that specific scenario. And then we can kind of jump into some specific scenarios, but in that specific scenario, whether it's like a newer triathlete, I almost always tell them to get a road bike first, yeah. because if you find out that you don't in fact, enjoy triathlon, you owe You'll still have that road bike to go do group rides, grand fondos, you know, stuff like that, um, which is tons of fun. Yeah. 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 Uh, you may find that you like that more, Yeah. you yeah. know?
2: Um, and then there's different types of road bikes. So if somebody, no. so if, yeah. if that's the case, if we say, if they say, yeah, I think you're right. A road bike is the right way to go instead of uh, a, a triathlon specific bike, then, then there's different types of road bikes to look at. Mm-hmm. And so we've got to make sure we put them in the direction of where they can still have a good experience doing the triathlon mm-hmm. but on a road bike because yeah, exactly. there's endurance road bikes there's um th- you know then there's your your aero road bikes and then there's a true just traditional road bike
1: i so. think there's a lot of <clears you throat> know. that's why we end up with 18 bikes yeah, yeah. you're right so like i like fitting a lot of bikes i see a lot of like people who maybe didn't get on the right bike for them and what it, a lot of times what it boils down to is they're they're predominantly riding group rides and like centuries and long rides and stuff like that but they want to like they want to be fast they want so like their their like main focus is kind of conflicted so a lot of times they end up getting on like a aero road bike mm-hmm. and the geometries are so aggressive on right. those bikes uh, whereas if they would have done something a little bit more endurance or something like that they're probably going to be way more comfortable in the long term, have a better experience, um, you know, and then down the road, they'd probably buy a race bike anyway, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. that type of thing. And, and,
0: do, you, do you find that a lot where someone comes in and they already have the bike in mind, even though if you're going through the questions with them and you would point them in another direction? How does that?
2: Not as many as you would think. Okay. I, I think most people are open and <clears throat> We try to have that open conversation with people, yeah. um, and we don't try to just steer them in the direction of what we have in stock. For sure. Um, yeah. It's a little bit more challenging these
1: days, yeah.
2: but uh, prior to this, we had absolutely no problem uh, special ordering a bike from one of our manufacturers that had it in stock if we didn't already have yeah. it, you know? Um, because that is, you know, you want to get them on the right bike, mm-hmm. you know, uh we are a retailer. We do want to sell bikes, but we want to create a community, and we want people—more mm-hmm. people—out there riding. And so, if we can get somebody on the right bike, and we see them, you, you, I mean, you guys are just as as involved as I am. I'm out there on the Memphis High Tailors group rides on Tuesday night and Thursday night. When we see those people out there, we, mm-hmm. we want them to have a good experience. Oh, exactly. Yeah. We want to know them, their name, and yeah, and, and so mm-hmm, yeah.
1: You know. Generally, you know, it's. <clears throat> If you get the person on the right bike the first time, they have a good experience. They're going to come back for the next bike.
2: Sure, hope so. You know, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know,
1: most of the time. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, You know, reciprocity does. You know, you help them out, and you you put the time into getting them on the right bike, and then maybe you know maybe something about what they're doing changes, and then they'll get you yeah. know and plus one. Yeah, Goes I mean, plus I, honestly, I bought my first road bike from Karen, um, whenever back in two thousand and eight, seven, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, you know, it was one of the scenarios. She should have upsold you on a pump. That's what she <laughs> <Yeah>. should have done. <laughs> it's it a good story. But,
2: uh, we don't that, have time for that one. Part huh? of that
1: tube shortage uh, I came down quit to quit day cycling. a week. <laughs> I almost quit cycling the first two weeks because I couldn't do a ride without m- popping a tube because I would never pump the tire. Oh,
2: so we see that a lot. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh. Uh, she so,
2: probably did. You just probably didn't
1: listen. Yeah, she, she probably, probably did, did try to sell you. Well, wallet. I was broke as a joke then. <laughs> <See>? I mean, <laughs> the buying the bike at whatever it was then six hundred and eighty dollars uh-huh. like was a huge expense yeah. for me. And, and now I got to buy a forty dollar pump. Really? Yeah. yeah um, Not even. Yeah. Yeah, and but. Like, what happened was, is I got into the bike, you know, she helped me get into the bike that was the right bike for me at the time, mm-hmm. you know, with with what I wanted to do. And I was getting into triathlon at the time, and I, and it was a better option to do a road bike first. Uh, but it was one of those things where, okay, got into it, fell in love with the sport like that, and I think I owned that bike for all of about six months, <laughs> and then I bought a nicer bike, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. um, a much nicer bike. Uh, so you know, I justified the 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 upper level bike because I was, it was gonna be I was in, I was yeah, all in. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if you if, if you have a good experience the first time, it doesn't really pay to put somebody on a bike that they're not gonna enjoy it. It's not the right size for them. It's not the whatever. Yeah. You know, and then they're the enjoyment drops and you just lost a a person in the sport. So, yeah, absolutely. Um so what are like um you know with, with the uptick, like Bryant was saying I mean there's been an uptick in cycling in general uh you know we've seen obviously a lot of road cyclists but you know gravel has been an ins- like an explosion I would call it yes. uh over the last uh couple of years um you know it kind of crept in and then once once I would say like the uh Dirty Kanza came around and it kind of um, like unbound yeah unbound, unbound. whatever Un- you want to call Garmin it unbound. yeah uh when can that you edit? Kind of, can you go back and edit this? I'll, yeah, I'll dub that over. I'll dub it. Uh, once that kind of took off and got a lot of press, like I feel like gravel just exploded. Yep. Yeah. Um, you started
0: having world tour riders that were uh, bringing more eyeballs to it just by showing up, yeah, I think helped yeah. uh, as I think, well. I think
2: gravel has really taken off, and hopefully nobody takes this the wrong way, but you have guys who are road cyclists, who can do something more like mountain biking or have that experience yeah. mm-hmm. that they maybe just don't feel comfortable mountain biking, but yeah. they can have that more laid back kind yeah. of cool environment of gravel racing um, and kind of have that same feel. And that's kind of what gravel has done for a lot of people yeah. in the road side
1: of it. Yeah, and I think it's it's a mass start <laughs> race, uncategorized, it's still your age group rankings, but like mass start race, uncategorized, everybody starts at the same time, And for the most part, the event, it's about finishing, right? And because most of these courses are difficult just to,
2: even when you flat, it's about fixing that flat and finishing.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. For sure. (laughs) Depends. Uh, (laughs) Depends. Yeah. Unless you're just going for that
1: dub. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> unless you uh, unless your, uh, your vest goes into your rear derailleur. And, yeah, yeah and right. That's, that's yeah, yeah, also yeah. a problem. <laughs> I've had my share of problems in the gravel, Brian's, uh, gravel realm. Brian's gravel uh, career is Speaking <laughs>
0: of, I need a tubeless wheel set. <laughs> 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 Running <laughs> tubed is a bad idea. But,
1: so when somebody comes in the shop talking about, like, maybe they don't necessarily have, like, gravel in mind yep. immediately. Yeah. But or are there any situations where you would, like, uh, recommend a gravel bike to somebody who doesn't necessarily know that they want to get into gravel. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Because the gravel geometry is a little bit uh, more relaxed yeah. than um, than a road bike, yeah. a little bit longer wheelbase. Mm-hmm. Um, so if somebody's not necessarily looking at um, mixing it up in sprints on group rides or racing, racing or, or, or something take, along those take lines. Take my
1: gravel bike on group rides. I mean, off the back, he takes off the back. Yeah, of the yeah. <laughs> my legs yeah. blow
2: up. Yep. exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Um, so, so it does, it definitely works for people. Yeah. It's, you know, having that wider tire, um, you mm. know, generally most of them have 38C, at least yeah. Uh, yeah. with tires, gives uh, riders stability that they want and the comfort that they want. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, that, and so we're seeing a lot of pa- people who will buy those gravel bikes and actually never touch the gravel. Gotcha. They're yeah. kind of considered more of just an endurance geometry yeah. type. Well, I'm road sure bike.
0: there's got to be mm-hmm. some conversation because now with disc becoming mm-hmm. disc brakes becoming popular on road bikes yeah. as well, which allows for more clearance. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you have an option for someone who wants to do some some dirt riding. You know, depending on conditions, that could be on a road bike, could be a gravel bike, could be a cyclocross bike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of options out there now. Oh yeah. So I'm sure the conversation you have has got to be you got to drill down a little deeper. You kind of do, you kind of
2: do. And that's why you start kind of asking those specific questions because a lot of times customers don't even necessarily have thought about that until Mm -hmm. you ask them that right question and then you can kind of really hone in. Yeah, didn't
0: realize it was even an an option kind Mm -hmm. of thing. So, so like, I I race on a cross bike gravel just because uh, that's what I had. Um, Can you just give us a really quick difference between, say, a cross bike and a gravel specific bike?
2: Uh, the geometry is a little bit different. Uh, the cross bike is a little bit more aggressive geometry. Um, it'll typically have um, steeper head tube and, and seat tube angles. Um, it'll have a shorter head tube stack. Um, it, it just has that kind of little bit racier feel.
1: Mm-hmm. Where Still has the higher uh, bottom, bottom bracket height. Yeah. Yep,
2: sure sure does. Um, where the gravel bike has that longer wheelbase. Almost where you're sort of sitting in it um, now that there's so many different gravel bikes. Some brands like Cervelo's Asparo uh, is probably a little bit more race-oriented yeah. gravel bike than cutter. say the Specialized Diverge. Gotcha. Um, so there are differences even within yeah, that's the a gravel bike.
1: That's a good <clears throat> like comparison of of like the longer wheelbase slacker gravel bike, the Diverge, mm-hmm. and then the Asparo is much more compact, racy, twitchy, like, yeah. you know, quick handling type.
2: Yeah. So like for me, I have an Asparo. I prefer that personally over the Verge because yep. I just kind of like that. I also ride uh, a cross country XC race mountain bike because I like that better than say a stump jumper, which mm-hmm. is more of a trail bike, gotcha. you know? So it really just depends on uh, the feel of what people,
1: mm-hmm. people like. That's a, That brings up another question. So like let's talk mountain biking because um, you know, we, we, we don't have the massive topography out here or the, 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 the breadth of flow trail and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, that somewhere like Bentonville does. Um, but, but when, but when, like, when would you put somebody on something like, like what's, what's your main question for full squish versus hardtail?
0: That would full squish equals full, Sorry, suspension, full suspension mountain yeah. full suspension. Bike suspension. for
2: our. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, personally, I'd ride nothing but a full suspension, but
1: yeah, me too. Uh,
2: yeah, right, right. So, so budget obviously plays into yeah. account there yep. a little bit. Um, but, but I also have a, a hardtail single speed mountain bike that I've been having a ton of fun on this winter. Um, and plus one, exactly. Plus one. That's exactly. And then we got fat bikes that we can bring in the conversation. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, I guess it just really depends on what their goal is. You know, if speed, uh, is, is something that they're really looking for, even if they're not necessarily racing, but Mm -hmm. if they're, they're, they're wanting to go fast, um, then, then they want something like a cross country race hardtail or full suspension. Um, if they want something with more travel, um, then that's something more like the stump jumper. Mm-hmm. And that's what changes is in the full suspensions. So like the, the Epic, for example, has a hundred millimeters of travel where the stump jumpers have 130 and 140 millimeters of travel of that suspension. Yeah. Um, so obviously those can take bigger hits, bigger drops off of, um, rocks and things of that nature. Does,
0: uh, does skill level come into that? So like someone who's maybe like, I'm notorious for riding very heavy on my bikes. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to some people, you know, great bike handling, very smooth. I mean, can they get away or would that be someone you would steer towards not needing as much suspension? Whereas me being more of a bruiser on a trail, like you'd want to push Usually, slow down.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you just need to slow down a bit, man. Stop yeah. ramming stuff. Exactly. Slow down, stop yeah. ramming. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But
0: does like bike handling ability, skill ah. level, or is it more like weight performance?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, handling Enjoying. you just have to work on. Wheel size can make bigger difference as far as handling. Mm-hmm. Uh, tire width, um, obviously, the wider tire, the more control and traction you're going to have. Mm-hmm. Um, there's different. Uh, uh, types of tires, Um, some that have obviously bigger knobs and more traction than something that's more of a race-oriented tire, Um, even though they may both be like a 2.3 width, Yep. Um, there's different wheel sizes. There's 27 and a half and 29 inch. Um, I'm a huge believer of 29 inch wheels. Um, and you're seeing more of the bikes all kind of going to 29 inch anyway.
0: Cause
1: it was 26, right? 26,
0: it was
1: 26. 27 and a half and 29. Yep.
2: And yep. then yep. I actually owned a 69er. Yep. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The,
1: yeah. The top fuel. Yep. That's exactly.
2: Right. Uh, but, uh, obviously the 27 and a half with a smaller, Wheel diameter can give you better control uh, in tight turns and, and those types of situations. But the 29 is just so much more efficient. Rolls over everything. It just rolls over everything. Yeah. Larger contact point. Uh, with every pedal stroke, you're turning a bigger wheel. So just a lot more
0: efficient. So maximum enjoyment of, say, a trail system here, 29er. Absolutely. Full suspension. Um, Come in I'm, and say you want full squish?
2: Well, so again, it all depends on the experience and the budget. You know, you don't want to, yeah, sure. you know, somebody that, that wants to spend $800, they can still go have a great experience, but they're going to be, you know, in a hardtail type bike. Gotcha. And they can really enjoy that experience on the trails around here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and, and and it's really you know control and comfort and we have a lot of roots on a lot of our trails here yeah. so that rear suspension allows you to pedal through those obstacles mm-hmm. absorb those roots that you're going over and things yeah. of that nature
0: which i think is huge because pinch flats or i guess a lot of people are going more tubeless they're now, all going but, tubeless but yeah. yeah if you're if you're dealing with flats because you are ramming into uh, stumps rocks with your back tire your enjoyment level is going to go yeah. way down yeah, yeah. And that bike's not gonna get ridden. Yeah. So, spending that extra money and going with yeah. something that's got.
2: Yeah, I just wanna be careful because obviously we all, the three of us, ride a lot. We and, do. And yeah. so. I but, remember my first
0: bike, I, so. I went in and I was expecting it to be, my first road bike. Yeah. And I was expecting it to be like similar to my mountain bike yeah. price that I had bought, I don't know, eight years earlier. Yeah. So, I was yeah. expecting like 300 bucks ish. Yeah. And to, you know, I was like, I could probably go to six to get like a mid level. And I walked in and it was like 620 for the very entry level and I was like, what? (laughs) And there was bikes that were, you know, three, four, five thousand dollars. And at the time I I just thought it was totally crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And now like
2: you get used to those. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But just to say, (laughs) exactly uh, for all the viewers out there, yeah. yeah, yeah. That uh you can have a really good experience sub thousand dollar hardtail bike.
1: So Yeah. Well cool. Anything any other scenarios that, that um, you've ran into as far as like when somebody comes in, they have like no idea, they just say, I need a bike. You oh, know? we get that all the What's time. What's the first? you ask them budget first? Is that like
2: Yeah, you know, I, I personally do. Um and it's not because I just want to completely hone in on that budget, but I wanna be conscientious. I yeah. mean
0: That's how you could rule out most yeah. Well, put you, you want, in a
2: in a bin, right? And you almost or kinda want and you almost kinda want people to feel feel Comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want them to come in and that's the one thing we don't want people to come into our stores and feel intimidated, yeah, because they can walk in and see that bike sitting there that's five thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, and go, Oh my gosh, what am I doing? Here? Yeah, you know, so uh, so, sometimes it sort of breaks the ice, yeah. you know, and, uh, and allows you just to be like, Absolutely, you know, that bike can find is, you a great bike at your price, absolutely, you? yeah. absolutely,
1: and I think, and honestly, I, I, I <clears throat> I know very few people who got into cycling and started on a mid to upper level bike. Yeah. Everyone dips their toes in the water oh, yeah. with the like sub thousand dollar level. Oh, yeah. Uh, even if it's, you know, whatever. I mean, they, they, they jump on a bike. Yeah. Let's see if they I like ch- it. I'm not sure I like this, yeah. um, but then generally, you know. Six months later, they're they're hooked. They're, on, they're hooked. Yeah, they're, yeah. As soon as they get on a, a, a faster group ride, and they think it's the bike that's holding them back, they, yeah, exactly. They're back in the shop. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. What can I do to this bike?
2: What can I do? Those guys beat me on CD Smith. I need <laughs> I need some carbon wheels or something. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Now, what no. would you say uh, as far as upgrading frame versus upgrading components? That's a
1: good question. How would you steer a person? Putting you on the spot, John. No
2: kidding. No kidding. Um, I think you're going to find more performance by say upgrading the frame. I think that's where uh, transfer of power is greater. Uh, you know, obviously, as you move up to a better quality frame, you're going to have stiffer bottom brackets, mm-hmm. um, and that's what uh, what most of that is all about. When when um, you know your power is coming out of your cranks um it transfers into
1: the wheels um less lateral lateral uh flex in the frame more goes down into yep, the pedal yep. into the into the drivetrain yep,
2: yep. components are important and but that's all relative you know mm. when you're going from say ultegra to Ace, it's not as great of a jump as you're mm. going from uh sora To Ultegra. Yeah. So it kind of depends on what people are looking at and where they need to kind of, kind of upgrade. But if you can go from, in my opinion, if you can go from aluminum frame to a carbon frame upgrade versus a set up, jump up in component group, Mm. that's going to benefit you. From like a Tiagra to a Dura Ace. That's going to benefit you, benefit you more.
0: Yeah. I would agree there. How's our time looking? I got more questions. Uh, Shoot, depending on how this time's looking here. You good still, Chad? Yeah, I'm good. Um, so I'd, I'd like to just kind of segue into like some pro tips from you. So like you got pro tips. Yeah, some pro tips. So you got a person who buys a bike or you probably even see it amongst the racer crowd, right? Where the people are that may be the doing worst. stuff, right? <laughs> that
2: may be the worst. That are doing
0: stuff to their bike or maybe don't realize they're doing yep. stuff to their bike. Like, what a chain
2: too much chain lube. Too much chain lube. Oh. You got to put a lot of lube on there. No, 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 no. no. I love selling chain lube, uh, but I sell probably way too much chain lube. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so pro tip number I, I, one. I don't know what it is, but it makes people feel comfortable to drip lube on their chain uh-huh.
0: before Just every ride. They, Just squirt it. it on. I mean,
2: before every ride. So what's ride.
0: the proper pre-lube uh, before a ride here? How often to lube a chain? Oh,
2: Let's go there. man, in normal conditions, it's until you can hear your
1: chain. Okay.
2: And a lot of people... get
1: like said the Tweety? Uh-huh, tweety I Yeah, Yep. Okay. Yep, um, uh-huh.
2: I, I, I bet that I probably lube my chain in the summertime twice a month. Okay. Once a month? I well, don't know. Well, it's because you're
0: only riding three times. Well, that's true.
2: That's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. But yes, people lube their okay. chain way too much.
0: And um, then, so what I do, tell me if I'm incorrect here, I lube my chain, but... Spin it a few times, mm-hmm. and then I
2: wipe it all off. Yes, correct or incorrect? Yes, but you probably already had too much lube on
1: it to begin with. Well, I do use the first. lube. So <laughs> I use the lube
0: to clean my chain <laughs> first,
1: and then I, <laughs> so if you then have, then I lube it, yeah, and then I wipe it all yeah, off. Right, right. So if the pulleys on the derailleur are caked in uh, grease and dirt. You're probably using way too much.
2: There was a ride, a, uh, an, oh, a gosh. ride, a on training ride. Yes, okay. that, uh, we love you, Andy. But uh, <laughs> if you're watching, uh, but his bike completely locked up because there was so much caked on lube on his pulleys that he could not turn the pedals anymore. What? We had to get a stick on his the side bike of the failed. road and I've take never it all off. seen
0: so much gunk come yes. off a pulley
2: and
1: cassette. Oh my
2: gosh. Yeah.
0: It was crazy.
1: What about salt? Like people that don't clean their bikes ever?
0: I've got this. um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dale's talking about salt
2: from sweat. Yeah. Let's let's, let's talk about
1: triathletes. Yeah, let's do
2: it. (laughs) I don't know what it is. Some reason triathletes... Have more salt in their sweat than normal <laughs> cyclists. Yeah, we should or measure this. Is that the cle- chlorine from make, the
1: pool? Maybe. I don't know. They just never clean their bike.
2: Well, that's true too. That, and and like, they're
1: they're draped over it. Yeah, yeah. So they're draped right where it's all just dropping yes. down it's into. It's not this. all salt. Half yes. of it's like, like sports drink and goo and.
2: I have some had of the triathletes bikes that would not shift because the the sports drink had. On underneath their bottom bracket and locked up their cables because it was so sticky.
0: <laughs> so, so, so a person like that, what should they be doing? They should wash
2: their bike after every ride, every uh, week. Like, is that man, something? I mean,
0: just rinse it and you're good. Yeah, rinse I don't. And I personally
2: don't have a problem with water. Um, okay. You, you will find that there are some mechanics that do not want to wash bikes. Gotcha. I don't personally have a problem with that. Okay. You need to wash them with a wide angle spray okay. um, yeah. and not spend any much so not time power anymore. washing the bottom bracket <clears throat> do not go to the car wash yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is somebody that i would mention but let's know oh, really? <laughs> do not go to the car wash <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, that's uh, awesome but uh yeah you do not want to spray water into where the bearings are okay um but but washing the bike is is key and keeping that bike clean um will
1: yeah be your, a world of difference. your components just last longer They just you, do i mean you can, I mean, you over lube regularly, they last a lot longer, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. And,
0: and,
2: and service intervals. I mean, and this isn't just to get people to bring their bikes to the shop for service, but your bikes need more service than you really think that they do. So um, what is a service check? what happens during a a service so I mean there's different obviously different levels of of service um uh, a a tune-up that is the most common is going through the bike and we actually take the bikes out and wash them okay um and then we make adjustments to the bike you know Uh, true the wheels adjust the brakes adjust the gears um but then these performance athletes uh they are putting so much wear and tear on those bikes and the sweat and the salt that at some point, they really need the bike broken down to the frame yeah. and the bearings um, uh, cleaned or replaced and um, lubricated and, and really built back up. Um,
1: to, I usually do that like once a year. What is your recommendation? That's a good, yes. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. certain totally time of year that would be best?
0: Obviously, if someone hasn't done it in a long time, yeah. do it now. But... Well,
2: in the winter, the winter time, okay. obviously. Um uh, that's the slowest time of year for our mechanics. So yeah. it's a lot easier to do that type of service, um, because that's just not, a, an hour type quick service. Yeah. Um, and then this time of year is when we start getting overloaded with, with service tickets from people who are pulling their bikes, um, out of the garage and, and just want to ride. So those, those, those true real performance athletes, you know thinking that through
0: is it so. true that if you bring a six-pack of good beer that you can you can move <laughs> up in the line? line
2: well you know i would have to say that the six-pack's good but my guys really do like cash money cash <laughs> money. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, you know cash tips are pretty darn good i can't pay your <laughs> rent with a yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. well that's not for me those mechanics are good that's um, hilarious yep. but uh you know, we we do our best to, to service those that uh are are really out there riding, mm-hmm. you know, that are that are, you know, performance type athletes. All so, right, so we got But help. please do not bring the bike a day or two before the race. You know, that's typically what we yeah, say. That's a lot when of we times. realize we're you to we have something <laughs> we need to trust. That's true. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Still take care of you. Yes, yes. That's yes. when the six pack really that's comes That's when, at when it better be a twelve pack Uh
0: what kind of lifespan can someone be taking? So like Chain is that it's going to go up most <sighs> you know, often? you every,
2: everybody asks that it and, depends, and it obviously. all really depends. It depends on, um, you know, how, how much power you're putting out, how mm-hmm. much torque, what gear ratio you're running in. Um, how much big somebody a, wanted, if, if somebody wanted, if somebody wanted, you're know, roughly 3,000 miles, okay. you know, somewhere in that ballpark, cross chaining, um, how big of an impact is that going to have on wear and tear? Is that <clears throat> It definitely has an impact on it um people should be more aware of it but uh yeah it's kind of hard something something hard to, to, so to cr- always cross
1: chaining is when you're in like the like big big chain ring tallest cog in the rear or the small chain yeah. ring and you get too too low or, or too too small of the smaller teeth in the rear uh and you hear that rubbing yeah on the uh especially when you're yeah when you're getting the rub from the front derailleur yeah uh you know that that lateral torque and then also the that friction there can yep. start to wear on and what riders the don't
2: realize is that if they shifted into their small chain ring and came down the cog they're actually going to get the same gear ratio yep. as they oh. would in the big and the big Yeah.
1: yep <clears throat> any other pro tips or, Pumping up those tires. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah.
2: Pumping up those tires.
1: A, I think we've probably gone over this before, but, um, you know, it's it's a little bit, I think it's a little bit more complicated now with so many different tire sizes out there, but, um, you know, I, I think most people, you know, unless you're like, I don't know, probably like 220 or, or above to safe to do like 100 to 105 mm-hmm. in a standard 23, 25 C tire. Um, and then like, if you're you know, on the lighter side, you could probably stay a little bit below 100. Uh, if you're on the heavier side, you know, 1, 105, 110 yeah. type thing. But, the, yeah, new
2: <clears throat> cyclists, what they don't understand, too, though, is that uh, take a road bike, for example, as you put 100 pounds of pressure in there. The next day, it's probably going to be 85. Yeah. And you feel it, and it feels hard, but your chances of getting a flat just yeah. greatly went up. They do. Yeah, for uh, sure, yeah. So um, I had that conversation with a guy just on Tuesday. You know, and sold him a pump. And,
0: uh, he, yeah. yeah, he
2: he he. he did I tell you that.
0: what, a good pump is well worth the. I'm about to go get yeah, him pump. Brian I, needs I, I a good pump. I keep talking about yeah, it. Yeah, Dale yeah. whines about my pump. I still don't it know how to work awful. my pump. He doesn't.
1: Is the worst pump on the face of the earth. It was a
0: great pump when I got. It. I just got it back in 06 or 07. <laughs> and it's been it's been taken through the ringer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh, for quite a bit now. Yep. Because uh, I'm a firm believer in pumping your tires up before every ride. Yep. yep uh and a good pump makes it so much easier
2: it to does do and people don't realize that even though you're not going to 160 pounds of pressure mm. if the volume of that pump allows you to do that getting to 100 is super easy yeah
0: so yeah you don't need the pump, air pu- pumping of your tire to be your warm-up beforehand and, well
2: and <laughs> Cheap pumps that you might get at a department store will only go up to about 90 pounds. Yeah. Of pressure. Mm-hmm. And so that means you're only actually really getting it up to about 70.
0: And then you're leaking all your air out as you're trying to like take yeah. it off and it's a big giant to do. Yeah. So good pump. I would highly recommend. Yes. Yes.
1: Awesome. <clears throat> I mean, this puppy's about to uh, lose it on us. So. It might be about time. I know. We, uh, we appreciate your uh, your time and yeah. chatting with us about bikes. We love chatting about bikes. Yeah, I think we could have kept going for a long yeah. time. I oh, think so, too.
2: <laughs> we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll cut it off. Again. Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll find
1: another topic and get you back on later. But, Sounds good. Uh, we appreciate everyone hanging out, listening, watching. We will get you guys next time. Peace. Adios.
2: Bye-bye.